Welcome. Hey. Today, on this episode of Profound Podcast, we will be um going over black. <laughs> now, the first question to get us started in this topic is, um, what does it mean to be black? I feel like now, like, the question has become loaded because, like, the topic or the idea of race has changed so much throughout centuries. Like, at first, like, Jewish people weren't white. Irish people weren't white because of how, like, mainly the Western world defined race. Especially now that, like, populations of people that have, like, blackness in them has, like, increased as well. It's, like, the definition isn't a scientific one anymore. So, like, when I think about being black and what it means, I think about it from, like, a personal lens of, like, what does blackness mean in terms of me and my identity? Um, And, like, I think of blackness as, like, the generational traits that black people, like, have. Like, phenotypically? No, like, like, spiritually and, like, in their ways of expression, like, perseverance, um, like, a certain confidence, a certain, like, way that black people carry themselves throughout centuries. So there's something called epigenetics, which basically talks about how throughout, like, generations of time stemming from slavery, black people have sort of developed certain, like, DNAs and certain traits that, like, make them more resilient to certain traumas because we've been through so much, in America at least. And that's, I really use that to help me define, like, parts of my identity because I am genetically predisposed to be more resilient and more perseverant because seven generations ago, my great-great-great-great-great-great-grandmother was a slave. Like, that's what blackness means to me. It's also, like, uh, I don't know. It's a great deal of pride for me as well because my entire family, as of right now, like, we're all black people. Like, it's so amazing because my family has also done so much in relation with their blackness. Like, my grandmother, she marched with MLK, like, during the civil rights era. And she details and talks, talks about growing up as a black girl from Birmingham, Alabama. Like, it's just such a sense of, like, pride. And, like, I don't know, I just feel so proud to say, like, I am black. It's really cool. That's a hard shit right there. Yeah, yeah. I can hear a lot to you. And I, I do agree with um, how being black is somewhat, like, tied to the trauma we've experienced. And that's not even... I feel like blackness as a whole, even right now, like, even in Africa and other parts of the world where blackness has, like, spread out, I feel like that sort of trauma is still, like, something that happens. It's, it looks a little different case by case. But I feel as if being black is the... Uh, is like being the outlier in the world like created by white people yeah it's like being against the system being something that you know like you're supposed to be the underdog Mm -hmm. even if we were like the majority we'd still be the underdog somehow right so i don't know do you think there's a difference between being black and being african-american yes like you i was speaking about the epigenetics part 
people that are not or haven't experienced like slavery throughout their generations, they might not have like a the same ideology, the same connection to American blackness as someone who's like from who like is from an African country and be like they also don't have like the same genetic makeup at this point due to how trauma from slavery and from pig laws that followed slavery from the civil rights era of people that have been here for hundreds of years like from that trauma they don't have like the same exact makeup but they're still black though like they just have a different experience if that makes sense but there is a difference so with things like uh genetic change through trauma um if it has to do with like specifically slavery is there like a difference between someone who was taken in like say like 16 something and someone who was taken in the 1800s oh i don't really know i know like what if you're only what if your family was only in slavery for like two generations yeah i think it is a little bit different because like it's not just like a one generation type thing i remember i went to this um seminar and they basically discussed how this type of generational impact happens over seven generations hmm. and i traced my own lineage and we were like jamestown virginia like the first like the first group of like black people to be here so my ancestors have been in america for like hundreds of years and so you can like trace many generations in this place so i'm not sure if like two generations is enough i don't know i'm not really a scientist for mm, i could only trace mine back like five five generations that's as much as i could really yeah Damn. well that's a i mean then i have records for anyone else i don't didn't know how to really dive into it so mm. i just kind of like parents of parents and asked them and asked them who, who their parents were and i could only get up five generations like how do you feel about that i feel like a lot of a part of being african-american versus being like a black person from a different country is like a lot of us are lost like a lot of us are confused on like what it act like what our culture actually is who we are and like i don't know where we're from so like does you not knowing where your family come from past five generations like do you feel like that impacts your identity now or like as like my current identity i'm gonna say no mm -hmm. because i feel like it was always going to be like something like that you know there's always going to be a point where you can't trace your steps back as far as you you may want to mm -hmm. and i feel like five generations to find that is like it was still difficult so i feel like some of that stuff is just some I've already like inherently dealt with before I even like really addressed it consciously. Mm -hmm. So I, it didn't really have that much of an impact on me to realize that most of my history is lost and I'll probably never be able to find my real heritage or like I know what part of Africa my people are from, but I didn't like I don't know who they were, you know. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's the distinction. And that does hurt a little bit. And then I did watch something in class today like showing the. Uh, the door of no return in uh, Ghana, mm. basically like the last sight the slaves would see before they got on the ships going to America. And I was like, dang, my people really went through this. But other than that, I'm like, some of the, the black experience I feel has shaped me to like, like you said, like be more resilient to stuff like that. So I feel like I'm not really more so like, dang, that happened, I'm more so like, that happened 
and I'm more so worried about like how we move forward. Mm, that's interesting. How about you? I don't know. I think, especially being black from a majority white area, and being from like a northern state, because a lot of African American history is from the south. Like we, African Americans migrated to northern states. Like most of us, and our culture was built and developed in southern like areas and so when I go around my family most of my family's from Louisiana and Alabama I love my family so much they're so they're just a different type of person like a different type of black person than I am being from where I'm from majority white area northern state low-key like detached from like where my culture came from so like when I did do the ancestry test and like I was able to go back and back and back and like we kept connecting with more people because we put like a lot of time in trying to find more people from our like mm -hmm. family and our lineage and the last name shorter and like all this other stuff like it made me feel so much more affirmed in who I was because like I guess my identity like it needed the help of like people before me to help shape it because when you look around yourself like you don't see a part of your identity in anyone else around you because you're from like a majority white area, the area you're from, like you don't have a lot of culture coming from it. Like I wasn't exposed to AAVE until like, until I would go down and see my, my family. Mm -hmm. And like, I would drive the 16 hours to Louisiana and stuff. And so like, I don't know, just learning about like the different tribes in Nigeria and learning about like where my last name came from and like, how long we've been here, it definitely, it, it's important to me. So that's why I was like wondering if that impacted you in any way. So you feel like that's a positive thing? Like you feel like you're the culmination of like a lot of generations of people? Yes. I feel like that's, yeah. I would feel like I got a little <laughs> something to me. <laughs> yeah, that, I feel like that is like a source of strength. Yeah. Like knowing your background. Because mm -hmm. I mean like, no matter like who you put yourself around, like genetically, biologically, you're going to be like connected to some people and some people you're just not. So that is that is something that's like kind of important to do. So you feel like everybody should take ancestry tests? Yes. No matter I think, what. I think you should be very like careful about what you want from it, how mm. you want to do it, because you know they have the thing with like how they store your DNA and stuff and mm. they might sell it. I've heard that and I'm like, girl. It's always that. stuff like that. Really. Yeah, so I don't know. Do your research beforehand, though. I would say that. So what did you use? 23? I used Ancestry.com. Okay. And, like, we just reached out to people. We did the extra step because Ancestry will only give you, like, so much. And then yeah. you have to keep, like, finding people that are connected with you. And then you see their connections, and it goes from there. And so, like, also be prepared to do that. That's a whole lot of work. It is. It is. That's a whole lot. It was a quarantine job for sure. And it was your whole family doing it? Mm -hmm. Mainly my mom, though. She was the main one doing it. Do you find anybody interesting? This one girl, she was like, hey, I see you got the last name Shorter in your Instagram. My husband is a Shorter. But, like, there's a whole bunch of drama around, like, who really is a Shorter and who isn't a Shorter. I'm so Just lost. <laughs> what does that mean? So short is my last name, right. but like shorter is um, 
like people want to be shorter. I guess I don't know. Like, yeah, I think y'all could. <laughs> okay. We're that, yeah. And so, like, people were having conversations with them. It was like, okay, who's your dad? And like, who's your mom? Because I don't know if you're actually affiliated with the shorters or if you're just like a random man. And it was this whole theme. And they were like, no, I saw you on Ancestry, so like, we are connected in this way. And then they're like, yeah, let's have a reunion. They live in Texas though, so it's like, Texas. where we gonna meet at? But. I thought that was interesting. That's been the most interesting thing that happened. I don't know where... Like, my family, uh, we were in Georgia. Okay. That's as much as I know. I don't know anybody, though. Where's your relatives from? I have relatives. I have, like, two, maybe two relatives in Atlanta. But everyone else is in Ohio or North Carolina. Mm. As of now. Mm-hmm. From what I know. Mm-hmm. My family's real sparse out. Like, we got... It's not... Our, my family's not really, like super connected on my mom's side it is but on my dad's side we're like it seems like more sparsed out we had a family reunion last year mm-hmm. and it was a lot of people to be <laughs> fair mm-hmm. but like you don't know the people unless like you have to it takes a lot of work I guess mm-hmm. usually people at family reunions don't like they're not there to like specifically reach out unless they come in there with that intention they're there mm-hmm. to kick back have fun and like yeah. rekindle old bonds and stuff like that mm-hmm. do you think you felt left out I mean, being as young as I am, <laughs> I I mean, like, there was always those people that come up like, oh, I remember you this tall. <laughs> I'm like, but, I mean, I, you have to accept that. Heads. I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, cool. You remember me? No. <laughs> am I supposed to? But, like, I don't know. I didn't feel, like, necessarily disconnected because I just feel like it was a generational thing more so than a uh, being disconnected thing. Mm-hmm. I have, like, cousins and stuff, but... I don't know. The family's an enigma. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us, like, some of them, like, we just started getting back into, like, looking at our own culture and our own lineage. And it kind of started with my father. And it's starting to, like, trickle down through our family. Mm-hmm. But, like, nobody was really thinking about it until, like, maybe five years ago. Mm-hmm. So we never really had that connection. Mm-hmm. I'm going to check your telephone. You can. Thank you. Thank you. It's crazy. All right, thank you, Wes. You should do whatever you want. But yeah, it's like that. Let me just see. She's on her phone. Okay. So, do you feel like you said you want to talk about like comfort in your own skin? Yes, and confidence. And confidence. Yeah. Tell me about that. Okay. Oh my God. So much to unpack. I was an ugly ass little girl. I'm gonna be honest. I had I had the forehead. Imagine me just like big ass glass. I'm sorry. Am I not allowed to curse? You're not. Why do people always do that? You're 18 plus. <laughs> you can... It's going on YouTube like demonetization. I'm 18. I'm 18 plus. Okay. I don't make videos specifically for kids. Still, you never know. Okay. So you can, can you can yes you okay. can say whatever you want. Big glasses. I still want Chris. Internet footprint, whatever. Big glasses, huge forehead. I was wearing like I would wear dresses with leggings and some ugly shoes. I I wore fake Tims and I used to get capped on for wearing fake Tims. Like I was buying shoes from uh, Payless. You remember Payless? I do. Payless, like it was, it was bad for me. So, and you know I was going through the hair thing like. A lot of the times, I didn't get to choose my hairstyles. My mother would. And, you know, my mom, 
she's from a different generation. Let's just say that. So what was cute to her was ugly. Oh, she has as even, ever. like the the straight hair, but it would be like <laughs> the updos. Yeah, like the the swoop. Yeah. Oh yeah, the swoop. Uh huh. And like she would always like I don't know. It was just a lot. So you can imagine the terror <laughs> that I faced in middle school, y'all. And even, like, low-key in high school. And it was really difficult for me because when you are trying to find yourself and people are constantly telling you what you are during that process, like, it's just, it's so confusing. And I was, my brain still isn't fully developed, but I was in middle school. Like, I was a child. And so, you know, I'm not going to victimize myself too much or, like, get into exactly what was said and like how it made me feel and all this stuff but I will say like after that I get to freshman year freshman year I don't know I was trying to be something I wasn't I was trying to be something like I was like I'm gonna do this I'm gonna wear this I'm gonna be like the person that I think I am because that's what people have told me that I should be and it didn't work and I had this huge identity crisis and, like, I know this is so crazy. They're like, bro, you was 14. Shut up. No, Makes like, um, that's, that's when it happens. It's real, bro. yeah. Huge identity crisis. I'm telling you, didn't talk to people for months. I was acting different for months. But I suddenly got really spiritual, like, um, spiritual and, like, I learned how to meditate. I was listening to, like, <laughs> don't cap on me. I was listening that's to, like, subliminals and stuff. Like, Dude, I, I was into it. You bought crystals and stuff? Yes, I did. Like... It was good. I got a mommy. Hmm? I said I got some mommy. See, like, you know? Tight. Yeah, like. Tight, tight. And I, like, I don't know. It was crazy. I started, like, I started sitting up straight. Like, I started, like, you know what I mean? I started, like, dressing what made me feel comfortable. It was crazy. It was so crazy. Y'all should see how she walks. <laughs> <laughs> what you mean by that? Because everybody, like, they're, like, Brio walks, like, like that nigga for real. And I was like, she got it. <laughs> like, yeah, you low-key have to. Like, basically, I remember I was told this. Someone told me, you have to walk, like, straight. Don't look anybody in the eye. You walk straight, and you walk with your head up and forward. When you look down like that, like, you can absorb a lot of negative energy. I remember this man, It was this was high school, he said something about me he, he said that I was dog faced <laughs> and I'm telling you what I just I just walked right past him and I didn't even look at him just straight just boom 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 and that was it was a wrap like I did cry after that though <laughs> the point is is like especially when you're black too and a majority majority Wait, was he white no it was a okay, black dude we can get into that but basically when you're at a majority white place and you do not feel beautiful when people don't even look at you, Mm -hmm. when you're invisible, you have to look at yourself 10 times harder. Like, and so now I would say I'm confident, even though of course, part of confidence is like an act. It's a performance in order to get the skill of confidence. You have to act like you're confident first and then it will become habit. And then maybe just maybe like years later, you might actually start to believe it. I think, like, you should always start there. And that's where I did start. And, like, someone would say, like, oh, 
your forehead's big. <laughs> like, I would be like, yeah, it is big. And that was it. Like, that was a wrap. Instead of getting mad and getting salty and acting all insecure and stuff, like, you just be like, yeah. Like, someone would be like, you're ugly. And it was like, okay. It would just, it would just be. Because then they can't say that enough. Exactly. Like, I don't know. It was just freeing. Now I feel free as a person. Like, I dress how I want. I, like, I move how I want. Like, I feel like I move around the world differently, and that's okay. It's okay to be different in that way. If you don't look like everybody around you, that's, like, a good thing now. Like, I used to call myself an alien, mainly because of how I look. Loki, that was, like, Loki, the, the gist of it. But now I see it as, like, a good good analogy for who I am now because I genuinely feel like like me staying true to myself it is extraterrestrial in a way you know I feel that I feel like college makes you like it supports being different now and I feel like back in high school and middle school it was more like you're acting out of line and it was like a popularity complexes and such but now it's more like you're just you Mm-hmm. And like you said, um, you're not what you think you are. You are simply what you are. And we have to kind of stop creating this image of ourselves, or at least an image that we don't like. That's what I think is more important. Like, you can create a good image of yourself and start acting that out. Mm-hmm. But you have to make sure you feel comfortable in that image. Exactly. And make Something I feel like we do that really gets to people's mentals is we put ourselves in a box. Like, we tell ourselves we're a certain way, and then when something comes along, that's why we're so, like, heavily impacted by it. Because mm-hmm. we associate ourselves with the ego that, that feels like, I should feel this because of this, rather than just feeling how you feel or just being. That's just the real deal. And in my own experience, because I did have, like, a metamorphosis when I was, like, 13. Because <laughs> uh, I don't need... I wasn't, like, an ugly kid. I, don't, I was, like, a... I was like, I was a, I was, okay. I could have got, the forehead used to get me, the baldness used to get me. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, You're good. It's just the hairline, like the. Oh yeah, it's still, it's still not, still not 100 percent there. <laughs> but yeah. we can fix that with clippers. Yeah, that's okay. But um, <laughs> it was always, it, it was always something as a kid, yeah. and I used to have a twin too, so we used to have to go through like that type of comparison all the time. And always be like Caucasian people, like, oh, you're the ugly twin. Oh, you're the cute twin. Like, Ooh. that stuff is just terrible. But it low key, like, pushed me to be who I am today. So I can't even be mad at it. Because it's those, like, same comparisons that made me, like, kind of dissociate myself with all of it. And that's when I started getting, like, to meditation. Because mm-hmm. I used to be angry about it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's no point. And then you just start meditating. And I don't even know. During quarantine, I used to sit there and meditate all day. Quarantine. That was a good time. It was. Yeah. A lot of people they didn't enjoy quarantine for real. Which I understand why. Like when you when you isolate people, like weird things can happen, you know, people aren't used to that. True. But like, I don't know, I I enjoyed it for that. It was peace. Peaceful. Right. I think people were scared because they didn't like who they were. Like it's not solitude that you fear, it's who you are in solitude that you fear. Yeah. That's exactly it. When you're left with the only person except, like, yourself, a lot of people don't like themselves. And so when you're, they're left by themselves, they're like, I don't know what to do with it. But, like, I don't know. You just have to believe that you're, like, you have to be friends with yourself, really. And I think during quarantine, that's when I became friends with myself. For real, for real. Friends with yourself. 
What does it mean to be friends with yourself? Because I don't know personally. <laughs> really? I mean, like... You don't have an inner monologue of some sort? Oh, like talking to myself in my own head? I have, like, three. Yeah. But... <laughs> Wait, <laughs> you got three people in your head? I have two. Who are the two? Like, one... Like, I don't know. Like, one side <laughs> is, like, super analytical. Oh, okay. And then one side is, like, really like, emotional and, oh, like, tapped in. I thought you meant, like, two different people they, in your mind. They do be talking. <laughs> You're saying they, it's you. It is me. It's just different sides of you. I be talking. Yeah. I, plural, be talking. Do you like yourself? Yeah. Do I you think like, I'm a cool guy. like spending time with yourself? Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's another problem. Like, people don't like that either. Like, I, I, during quarantine, that's when I started, like, going out a lot by myself. Like, I would take myself on dates and stuff. Like, I would be sitting in the Waffle House alone. Like, the and, like. <laughs> that's, that's ideal date for <laughs> And so it's, like, I don't know. People are always, like, real. Like, that. It's, it looks weird from the outside. It does. But for me, like, it's just something so peaceful. You put your earbuds in. You listen to music. You listen to the, your favorite songs. Like, I don't know. And you just, like, think about life and you talking and having fun with yourself. Like, I don't know. But I don't have the whole talking to two two sides of myself. It's like a, th- it's a thought thing. Because mm-hmm. I, I tried to, like, I tried to... I don't know. I tried to figure out a way of thinking mm-hmm. that would help me, like, get through any problem. Okay. And it does help, I would say, definitely. Because, like, you get to see which parts. And then, like, you being an observer of your own thoughts, you get to see which one is more rational. And you mm-hmm. take action through that. Do you think you're, like, a good mediator of your thoughts and problems? Like, you're, like, do you go to other people? Do you instead go to yourself? When you have I, I go to myself, yeah. Really? That's interesting. I know. So you, well, you like, trust yourself that you can be introspective enough <laughs> on every situation where you think, like, yeah, this is the right decision. I mean, for the most part, yes. But, like, if it ever does get shaky, I do ask. Even if, like, it is mine, I do ask for, like, other opinions. Like, I'll ask Andrew, am I tripping <laughs> for, like, the blah, 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 blah. And mm. if he says yes, I'll be like, okay, let me rethink <laughs> it a little bit. Just another, and I'm like, it's whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. That probably like stems from like toxic masculinity, not being able to share your problems with other people. Probably. Yeah, but I, I'm I'm pretty much okay with it for now. I mean, I could always get better at sharing my problems with others, but like when I do, I'm just like I'm just telling you information, mm-hmm. and that's okay. I mean, some I tell people like when it's important, like when it's stuff they should know. Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm, like, I ain't feeling too good, Drew. He's like, hey, man. Okay. (laughs) But, I don't know. Male relationships are a lot different when it comes to, I think, like, coddling emotion. Yeah. Like, whenever, like, they're down, I'll, like, I don't know. It really depends. It's case by case. It's really case by case. But when it's smaller stuff, it'd be like, I'm going to thug it out. And we just have to accept that. Do you have to? I mean, what else are we going to do? I don't know. That's a good question. What are you going to do? That's what I'm saying. I don't know. I'm the complete opposite. I I personally don't, especially because I'm emotionally driven mm-hmm. and a lot of things I do, um, I don't trust myself as, like, not only a narrator most times, but also as someone to, like, think on a situation and decide the best course of action. So I've just gotten used to asking for help. Do you think you're afraid to ask for help? 
do you ask people for help? In what context? Any context, honestly. Like if I have like a problem, like are we talking like school? Any context. like advice? Yeah, that mainly advice. I'm talking about advice in this scenario. Um. No. <laughs> and you think like that's good? I think it's okay for the time. Like I, it's like hasn't necessarily led me wrong so far. At least in what I think. That's interesting. Like it hasn't impacted me negatively so far. Like when I problem solve, it's typically like not like so holistically for my own benefit, but like it has some like moral touch in there. Mm. Like I feel like my moral compass is really good. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Maybe I should ask for help more. I ask for help when like if I need it. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm real dab down bad, mm-hmm. I'll be like, I'll text the group chat while I'll be like, I'll be like, yo, I need a hug right now. Like I can mm-hmm. I can say stuff like that. I'll, okay. I'll be confident enough to say like, oh yeah, I need a hug. Mm-hmm. I can do that. Mm-hmm. But that's like that's the extremes. Extreme. That's an extreme. That's an extreme. That's like ask men- someone for a hug. That's like a mental breakdown. I need really? a hug now. Really? Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know. Should it be a different way? <laughs> I just think it's a, I'm just the complete opposite for real. So you'll you'll be like, you'll just tell everybody like every problem of yours. Yeah, I want to see the the group opinion. I like hearing other people's thoughts on things. I do like, too. Like I always, I'm gonna be honest. Like even though introspection and like looking within yourself is so important, it's also important to understand how like different things are being perceived by different people because it like we view ourselves so much differently than other people view us like there is an ounce of delusion in every single person like everyone sees themselves through their own delusional point of view that's so true and so it's like you should i feel like you should ask people for help in my opinion but i I get comfortable in that knowing that other people don't perceive me how i perceive myself because sometimes when i'm like i'm like other people probably like you know, like if if I think I'm doing too much because I my personality is so much, <laughs> it's it's outgoing, but it's not mm-hmm. like I don't think it's too too much. I feel like other people are like, oh, he's he's just a he's just a he's just an energetic fella. Have you asked? I asked people. No one has ever had any complaints so far. Not openly. <laughs> I guess it's valid. Like you don't ask people unless they tell you first. Do you think you have a better moral compass than everyone? Not everyone, but than most people. Um, Is that why you don't want to go to people? Because it's like, what's the point if I have a moral standing that is like... I feel like that's narcissistic to say. But I'm going to say it anyways. (laughs) Because I do think that. I think my moral compass is very, like, very good. Mm -hmm. It might not... Like, it wasn't always like that, though. So I, I can see, like, the improvement from where I was. And I can say, like, I've definitely gotten a lot better. And that's where I can find that comfort and be like, yeah, my moral compass is good. I can handle my problems. Interesting. Like, I'm not going to punch an old lady on the street. <laughs> you know, but if she, if she called me the N-word, I'd probably, like, take her cane or something. <laughs> take I'm her not cane. punching her, though. Mm-hmm. That's like, the, I don't know if that's a good example. It is a little bit extreme. That is an extreme. I, I don't know. It's very case by case. Yeah. With anything like that. Yeah. So wait, with like people's outside perspective, mm-hmm. 
do you feel like I just don't have like that much faith that people have my best interests at heart all the time that's a good point if they're putting themselves in that situation it's not like it's not like it's you mm-hmm. do you that's interesting too because when you do go to other people for like to help I guess there is a possibility that like they're not looking out for you they're looking out for themselves do you mainly look out for yourself would you call yourself selfish in ways like if people come to me with problems just in general no I don't think I'm a selfish person yeah so I I assume that since I'm not a selfish person either actually yes I am but in very certain contexts since I like I am so like yearning to help people and like I genuinely want people to be happy like that's why I care so deeply about like mental health and like community building I assume people do the same which that's I've always been a naive person like they'd be like look there's something in the sky or something and it would be like a word yeah and I'll I'll pop my head up and they're like oh you're so naive and you're okay with that that's fine really I feel like that stuff like being naive I feel like that doesn't really have an impact on you unless it's like major deception you feel like you can be deceived really easily not just like gullible Mm. deceived like like deceived as in like people's whole character maybe no no I think I read people very well okay you do so you feel like your first impression of people will give you a good gist of who they are most definitely most definitely I feel like a lot of people say that though so it's like I don't get that but I got a good track record so far Mm. So I don't know. Mm. So far, mm. I know a case where y'all said that y'all knew, like. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. You said if someone doesn't. If someone doesn't present their true self, like if someone isn't coming to you with their true identity, then, like, I guess you could be deceived. Because I would be deceived if someone's in front of me playing a character and I'm reading them for the character that they're playing, but there's really, like, a layer behind them. Like, I won't read people that far where it's like, I wonder if he's psychotic. Like, mm -mm. I guess that takes a lot of energy, I guess. Yeah, for sure. As long as it, well, that could impact you. But, I don't know. But when people get close, they can't really have an impact until they get closer to you. You think? I think. I think people have energy. You think people have energy? I'm such a big energy person. So you feel like I'm no matter what, like person. negative energy can get to you regardless of yeah. how close you are to the person. I agree. Just sitting in the same space with someone with negative energy, it can drain you emotionally. I get that. And mentally. And I feel like people have different energies, just their normal selves. And I think that's what draws and pushes me away from certain people. Like, if I see you and, like, your energy is always bad or it's always very dull, then, like, or just that's the vibe that I'm giving, that I'm getting, then, like, I probably won't be compelled to be around you as much. So do you believe in, like, projecting your own energy? Do you, like, consciously do that? What do you mean? Like, when you walk in a room, do you, like, I'm filling this room with all my energy right now? No, I always love to 
make sure that my energy is good. So I'm not a hypocrite when I say, like, I don't like her energy because I've noticed that, like, lately that I've been getting more, like, your energy is really good, which I think that's the most, like, nice, loving compliment that anyone could ever give a person is that you have good energy. And I've been getting that lately, and I think it's because I really try to exude, like, welcoming, like, peaceful energy. Well, peaceful is a stretch. I'm not a peaceful person. But, like, <laughs> welcoming and warm energy. I'll give you that. Mm. I don't know about the peaceful. It's really chaotic. Okay. But my energy is chaotic, too. But mm-hmm. I take pride in that. I think you have a good energy. You think so? Hmm? It's not chaotic? It's definitely chaotic. Well, yes, that, too. Ah, I love to hear it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I take pride in that, though. I hate being, like, even though, like, I was, I had... So I'm coming out tomorrow about society. Mm-hmm. But, like, I was talking about how, like, society's a cup. And, like, you can think you're in the cup and you start, like, going against society. Mm-hmm. Like, you're acting different because it's, you're going against a societal standard. But either way, you're still, like, conforming to society because you're doing it in reference to it. Mm-hmm. So even though I'm, like, kind of, I don't feel like I'm necessarily doing that. But to some extent I am. Mm-hmm. I'm still comfortable doing it. Do you pride yourself on being different? Different than the whole of our populace? I'd say so. I feel like all of us should. You should. I feel like we should like strive to have our own individual identity. I feel like that's very important. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Or do you feel like there should be like a connectedness? Yeah, I think so. I do, to some extent. Like, you... But you have to have Here's the, the vibe that you're giving. You give, like, um, like... Uh, you guys, you didn't even listen to him before me. Like, I was so different. I was one of his first fans. Like That's what I'm giving. <laughs> I don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> because, like, you're just so different, you know? No. There's only, like, certain people I do that to. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I used to be a really big Lil Uzi Vert fan. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can see it on the poster. It's gotten better now. But, like, I used to listen to, like, all the leaked songs and such. So if somebody came up with a leaked song, I'd be like, I was listening to that before you even knew who Uzi was. I would say something like <laughs> that. Because you're different. That's not, I didn't think that was a different thing. That's a different thing. I don't do that in most things, but, like, with something like that, then I, I will. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like I would do that in most case scenarios? Like or what? you'd be like, I just, I feel like you purposefully go against the Like, norm. plays de- play devil's advocate? Yeah, but also just in general, like, you just be like, no, I can't do that. That's what everyone's doing right now. Oh, no, I'm not like that. I feel like you would. I'm conscious enough to go <laughs> not do that, but I know people like that. Yeah. That'll be like, I'm annoying. not doing this. You're expecting me to do this. Like, one time this dude was at line dancing, and he said, I hate being told what to do. I'm leaving. I was like, see, that's, <laughs> I'm never doing something like that. I can be like, I can flow. <laughs> I can flow with with certain energies mm. I'm not gonna go I'm not going against cause that takes energy to go against all the time that's true but keeping that vibe is crazy <laughs> <laughs> like if everybody said they like canes I would be like I don't like canes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> bro so, or you'd be like nah it's overhyped like I don't I'm no. not really fucking with canes I mean messing with canes like that I'll defend it to the death I had a I had a um like a debate with Ryan <laughs> on the third, on the third yesterday, I was in his room with mm-hmm. someone, and he told me that he had a McRib from McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, and I was like, bro, what? And he was like, bro, what do you eat? I said, I'll go to Canes. I, didn't know I said, I, I said, I'll mess up some Canes. 
And then we got in the whole debate. I was like, what even is a McRib? I was like, McDonald's is one of the most heavily advertised things, and I haven't heard of a McRib once. That's how you know you're eating donkey meat. And he was like, we just kept going back and forth. It was all fun, though. Mm. But I must, like, if I, I like to have my own desires. Like, I don't like to be swayed. So if I like something, I'm going to say I like it. And mm. if I don't, I'm just going to not. Mm-hmm. But it's not like I'm actively going to be like, I don't like that. <laughs> like, I'm not going to project that on others. I'm not going to be like, you shouldn't eat that because that, like, vegans, not gonna be like, mm, you know, that's really bad for you. <laughs> yeah. Who cares? It's not you. Mm-hmm. How about you? I used to really, I was like, yeah, like, I'm, I'm so quirky. I'm so different. I'm so like, oh, I'm not like other girls. That's, in my opinion, I think that whole thing is like a trauma response. Like, when you're pushed and you're othered for so long, you try to start to take pride in it, but, like, like the pride... <laughs> Anyways. But, yeah, like, the pride becomes, like, almost, like, this crazy warped perception of, like, reality where you're just, like, you're acting just to be different because you're already, like, well, it's not like I'm the same, so I'm so different, I'm so... Uh. But we're as humans, like, we're all the same in a in a way like no one's that different right you, you know can, what I mean can, that's what I'm saying like you're in a cup no matter what you can only move so much and I feel like if you and I was like what if we take away the cup I was like, what if we take away society and I was like then people wouldn't be able to be defined yeah so you wouldn't have like any definition yeah, people would just would be, be no different or the same there wouldn't be any different. difference between different and the same yeah you would just be I think that would be so great that would be cool. That would be cool. But we wouldn't know what that would be like, really. No. Okay. Mm. So, let's let's move on to... How do you feel about black beauty or black love? Which one? Whichever one you want to talk about first. Let's talk about some black love. Okay. Because... <sighs> I've been going through it lately, y'all. Like, you know? know and you so... Mean. I feel like... The, with the state of the black community right now, like, the idea of black love has become so soiled and so, like, it's sort of become, like, warped in a way. We're, like, I feel like since we're talking, since we just defined black, blackness in the beginning, mm-hmm. and the sense of trauma is so deeply connected, especially within African-American communities, with blackness, black love, therefore will always have some sort of trauma connected to it and after my recent experience with love I believe that that's unfortunately true but I think that's a part of what makes black love so beautiful is the almost like a like the way that we as black people are constantly experiencing violence but we find like love within it and we work so hard to nurture it that's why like discussions on twitter like oh (laughs) if his mom's in the car like are you sitting in the back or are you gonna make her get out her seat and you can sit in the front which one are you doing i'm I'm sitting in the back okay because my mom would sit in the front you know what i mean but um or like oh who should pay on the date god the date the date discourse on twitter like you know what i mean like oh who should pay for a date what's an appropriate place to go on a date like oh is he cheap for this is he cheap da 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 
like even though I see that that discourse is like it low-key goes nowhere like we've been having the same conversations for years as long as I've had Twitter I've seen at least one post a week talking about some dusty dusty dude or some like raggedy woman like you know I think black people are doing that because we want love like black people want to see since we haven't seen ourselves represented in the normal mediums of like love and like your typical love story like we're looking for that and people are looking for it on twitter i guess you know that was a whole lot of nothing no that was a whole lot um i feel like the love (coughs) the love that's like portrayed by the media is a very conditional Mm-hmm. I feel or it's portrayed as unconditional or it's like that's like kind of the the goal and we try to like replicate that and then we find out that a lot of love is conditional and especially like when you try when when you're like forcing love mm. I feel like real like it's like fish love you're like the man loves the fish not because it's a fish but because it supplies him himself with nutrients like, you like the way that people make you feel or mm. you like what someone does for you, and that's why you love them. And I feel like love should be more, like, taking it back. It should be more like a accepting the person holistically, regardless mm. of what they do. Like, if they did nothing for you, you'd still love them. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's that's kind of what we should strive for. But that really just depends on the people. I don't think people are necessarily ready for that because mm. we romanticize love as something like you're always gonna be benefiting from or you're always gonna like get pleasure like be feeling good or happy from Mm -hmm. and they have to accept like the negative aspects of it and realize that that's a part of love too Mm -hmm. do you think like there's a line though like between what do you think like between the negative aspects of love and just downright toxicity definitely but where is it though um Hmm. I say when you lose respect for the other person and you start going beyond that line of respect like if you hit hidden I mean you can yell but I feel like if you're coming at someone's entire identity I don't think you should ever like be coming for your identity Mm -hmm. I feel like something like that like trying to put a label on somebody I feel like that's manipulative so, I'd say that's probably the line I would draw between love and, or negative love and toxicity. How about you? Interesting. I don't know. Mine is it's so convoluted because in the situation where I fell in love, I was also the toxic person. Mm-hmm. And so, even though I don't believe that I did anything disrespectful or like any, I would never raise my voice you know, I would never say, your mama's a hoe, <laughs> or something crazy. Wow. Like, it was still toxic, though. So I feel like I that's get not that. really... Now that, now that, now when you put it like that, mm. there's definitely, that's like a external expression of toxicity. Because toxic can definitely just be not saying anything at all. Yeah. I don't know. Do you think love between black people is different from other races? Or um, do you think like that's just a concept, a myth that we sort of made? It's definitely not a myth because 
it's like uh, I don't I don't want to say it's like easier to find commonality, but it's like something that definitely keeps you together because that perseverance is gonna make you feel like your love is more worthwhile than any other ordinary kind of love. Mm-hmm. So I think it should be like that. But back on the toxicity. Now that when you put it like that, it's like I don't know where I draw the line now. Yeah. Cause there's definitely been times where I've been toxic. Right. Like victimizing myself and acting like I wasn't wrong. Mm-hmm. That's definitely a toxic thing to do. So I don't know. Yeah. I guess when you start manipulating, maybe. Okay. That's when it becomes toxic. Okay. That's valid. Cause I. Yeah. Like you said that. I don't know. It's like. I guess anything can be toxic. Like, anything can become toxic, right? But, like, what if your your intentions are, like, pure and, like, your intentions are good? Does that change it? Or is it, like, no, like, toxic is toxic. A toxic behavior is a toxic behavior. I feel like that depends on the person receiving it. Like, they get to decide? I don't know. Well, if if, if it's a toxic behavior, then I feel like they can decide. But if it's a normal behavior, I don't think that... I feel like that's their own connotation on something that's normal. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how to describe it. Like, if I hit jumping jacks in the living room, <laughs> and then my girl was like, nigga, that, that's toxic. Cause, because something about jumping... I don't know. <laughs> some some random like, cause you can make anything really negative. Like you can be like, that's true. That's a this, you're making me scared or something like, mm-hmm. something like that. So I don't know. That's true. I don't know, cause, like, I feel like the reason I think black love is different, for me specifically. Like my blackness once again, because you can't run away from race. Like, it fell into the relationship in an idea of like there was insecurities of like regarding race and then there was also the aspect of like when as I describe like my background you're not used to being loved in any way shape or form you don't get love from the media you don't get love from the people around you you're seen as invisible you never had a chance to like practice what it's like to love and be loved and so you get into this and it's just filled with like does does this person why you know why why be here right now especially because as a black woman specifically it's like a lot of just dating in general is like the first question is do they even like black girls do they even like dark skin that's like with with black men too Mm -hmm. Like that's a problem with. I see it too often, and it, it's a. I, I can see like how that gets disappointing, because I would definitely be disappointed if, like, I was like, I don't even know if I like dark skinned guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, but some people like the fetishization of light skinned people is different. Yeah. But like, if they cut off black people in general, I would definitely be like, that's so weird. Mm-hmm. Like when black boys say like, oh yeah, my preference is white girls. Like I just lose, res- I just lose yeah. a certain level of respect for that person. Like 
holistically. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't look at you the same. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what it's out of either. Yeah. Because, like, it's, it can't, I don't think it's out of fear. I don't think they're comfortable enough in their own skin. Mm-hmm. That's what I think it is. Yeah. How about you? What do you think? I agree. So, patron. But the thing is, like, it's hard for me to be fully understanding because, like, I hated myself, too. Like, we just went over this. Like, so why why is your self-hatred so, like, so visceral and so deafening, but my self-hatred is so, like, internalized and it is only, the, like, it only impacts me? You know, it's like, dang. Yes, I see that you hate yourself and, like, oh, I'm sorry. But why, what does that have to do with me? Why are you hating on me because of it? Good point. Yeah. I feel like that's a, another male thing. Yeah. Because we aren't able to internalize our own self-hatred or realize when we're hitting that's on true. ourselves so we start projecting it into our environment. That's true. That's a great point, actually. The toxic masculinity. You feel like that's something that people are ever going to get over? I don't think so either. Not in this world. I don't think so either. It's too... I wouldn't say... It's definitely too reinforced. Yes. Because there's, like... Because for, like, something like toxic masculinity to, to fully disperse, you need, like, help from both sides. Mm-hmm. You need women who are okay or, like, open to hearing vulnerability from, from men. Mm-hmm. You need men who are openly vulnerable to women. And that's just, like, you have to make the choice to be vulnerable, and a lot of people aren't making yeah. that choice. And that was, like, another issue that's, like, as... A black woman as we just discussed like you you have to have defenses up and even in a thing that feels secure it's hard to still bring those defenses down because you just you've trained and you've built them up for so long right. like I don't know and I think that's the defense part is really what makes in my opinion black love different is that like there are like literal years and generations and livelihoods of defense defensive behaviors and like all of that and you go into a relationship a situationship with these walls and it's hard to communicate like that especially if you aren't really perceptive of the walls that are there you just feel like you're being used yeah yeah like you don't know and that's why you ask for help, you know? All right, dude. <laughs> I told you, I get, I get to it when I need to. Mm-hmm. You get to the help when we need to. Mm-hmm. Like, if I need help in school, I'm never I'm never above asking questions. Okay. Like, I'm okay. like I don't feel stupid asking questions. Unless, there are dumb questions, though. That's good. Because I feel stupid when I ask questions. Like, I just be like, I'm going to keep it to myself. Bro, what do you be asking? <laughs> are you trying to say something right now? No, no, I'm trying to think of something. You definitely asked me a question where I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I don't but know. I don't, I don't remember. I don't know either. But the point <laughs> is that, I don't know, in like a classroom, I would not ask questions. But it's mainly because I'm like respectful of people's time. I'm like, mm-hmm. bro, I don't want to. Well, that's like a self-value thing because you feel like your time isn't as valuable or is... Yeah, isn't as valuable as other people's. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. 
Do you feel like if you ever healed from all these like traumas and experiences that you would still have your identity? Wow, that's actually a great point. It's damn. Yeah, like I I don't know actually. I don't think I'll ever be fully healed, and I feel like that's a part of the human journey. Mm-hmm. Like um like I I read this thing about how humans don't actually want to be content with life. They just want to keep chasing said content like they want to just keep striving towards it and get closer and closer, but like humans don't actually like feel good when they're there. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's how it is with the healing journey like there are, it's not linear A and B. The line goes to infinity like it does not shout out math 1148 and behavior but like yeah like it does not stop all real numbers for real yeah (laughs) and i feel like it shouldn't stop it's he who thinks the journey is over that's truly lost yeah like once you i think that's also a reason why people are like depression and anxiety are so prevalent nowadays because people think they're stuck in this certain way and Mm. they feel like they can't change and they want to change but they feel like the only way to change is to be a whole different person that's true and so yeah like there is a line though and that's true because it's like i have traumas that i i guess i'm trying to heal from but like if i just stopped if i just stopped and i was like this is who i am and i continued to let trauma responses such as anger argumentation my you know go into toxic situations with people like, would that make me the bad person then? Because I'm just letting my trauma impact everybody else. I, I wouldn't call it the bad person, but you're not the good person. I mm-hmm. feel like that's something also I find, like, really admirable is people who are able to, like, see all the negativity in the world and still maintain a positive attitude and outlook towards life. Because mm-hmm. it's so easy. It's so easy to be negative. Yeah. The world is surrounded by things that are happening every day. That's true. Anything can really be negative. That's true. But, like, it's searching for the positive that I think is, like, so beautiful. And that's probably why, like, black love is so beautiful. Because it's, like, even with all the trauma and negativity, you're still looking for the brighter side. I feel like that's what makes it put together. Mm -hmm. So do you, like, believe in black love? I don't know if you've seen it. Like, I used to be, oh, my God. Wait, let me think for a second if I should say this. Um, yes. I used to, um, like, I would just be a spectator, though. Don't get me twisted. Like, I would see all this content. Like, there'd be, like, a a black woman's perspective, and they'd be, like, divest from black men. Like, black men, leave them alone. They're hopeless. Go get you a white man ASAP. And then there would be the vice versa of that, like, the complete opposite of that, which is, like these dusty crusty women like they don't cook and clean anymore they don't do this anymore don't don't worry about just leave them where they are and like it made me like think like wow like we're really broken as a community low-key and it's also like people were like black love is in fact a myth like don't believe in it because it's not real like love shouldn't be like a tyler perry movie where it's like you getting hit <laughs> and then like you you come back around and y'all like hmm, I changed. No, see that like, that's yeah I don't I don't mess with that idea either. Mm. That's like a cartoon 
that's like a I feel like that's like propaganda yeah against black love mm interesting yeah like anything where you have to like force it like any forced definition you see of something like on in mass media I feel like it's propaganda I feel like it's the person who should make that distinction Mm -hmm. like we add connotations to stuff because of certain things like we think Gucci's good because society tells us that Gucci's good and it's not like us who think Gucci is good it's Mm -hmm. everything around us like forcing us to adopt that same viewpoint I guess the question is like how do you not adopt like how do you know sometimes you can't if you you like Gucci like or if you really don't like Gucci look at it Look at it and like you look believe that you could just look. Imagine it wasn't Gucci. But like, can you fully ever imagine that? Well, I'm, just, I'm not getting Gucci in general. <laughs> I don't think anything's good enough for me to drop that much money for. Mm-hmm. You know, like even if I, ha- I see a hoodie that I think I have to have, I'm not buying it unless I'm set up to buy it. And it's like a smart purchase. Mm. Like something I wouldn't regret. Like if I bought a Gucci belt for three thousand, <laughs> I would probably be hating on myself every day. Like those okay. kids in high school who used to wear the BB belts and the Gucci belts. <laughs> Why are you wearing that? <laughs> I just had a flashback. That's crazy. There was no point. Okay, <laughs> that's true, but I don't know. I feel like there's always gonna be an element of that. Like it's like. So do you think there's hope? Fully. For humans, like, for us to (laughs) not be like this? I think there's hope for individuals. Like, I... I'll go back to me. I was the one that was toxic. So I removed myself, and I said, I'll be better. I'll be better. And so I'm trying to get better. And... So I feel hope for me. <laughs> I feel hope for me. Um, and I think it's on an individual basis. I have no hope for society as a whole, though, because big group change like that, that stuff, that's lifetimes and lifetimes of living. That takes, it needs, like, I feel like now there's nothing that can truly happen that would, like, cause mass change in the perspective. That's true, because what hasn't happened? Right. Like, you can instantiate a new religion, but no one's going to... We're, like, there's too much media and too much things being absorbed for you to be like, oh, my God, that makes so much sense. Compared to how it was before where people were... That's true. ...less, like, exposed to all of it. So, like, they're like, oh, well, I guess that makes sense, so I'm going to start moving towards that. That's true. Like, we're always absorbing some type of content Mm -hmm. at this point where like no content is obscene like literally in 2020 we saw a man die on camera and like we used to see that all the time i used to see it all the time and so now it's like because you were on twitter (laughs) i think this is like a low-key sign that i shouldn't use twitter for real bro that's i deleted twitter after i figured out how you had twitter figures no like i figured out how dark it got because I was like, bro, why am I seeing certain, like, not that there should be necessarily regulation on that type of stuff. I feel like Twitter is a good app, for sure. But some of that stuff you don't want to expose yourself to. Yeah. Especially from a young age. Like, me and my friends, um, 
we went on the we were like maybe eleven, and we went on this this site called uh, called the Gauntlet, and it basically would show you like the most horrific videos ever, like like people getting their heads cut off type videos, Ugh. like real videos though. That's sick. It was like the the point of it was to see how long you could watch. I watched one video and left. Wow. Because what in the world? Child, yeah. So that's... Yeah, you don't want to see stuff like that all the time. Yeah. I feel like... But maybe you do want to. Maybe you want to be like... Because sometimes you have to address, like, the dark side of humanity to realize that, like... Because everybody, like, thinks that they're good, you know? But everything that was negatively done was done by humans, and you two are humans. So you have to realize that you have that capacity in you as well. I think everyone realizes that, though, at this point, right? No. You don't think so? I don't so? think so. I think a lot of people are negligent of what they themselves can do. I feel like they think it's everybody else. Oh, like in the term. Okay, I think that's interesting. Yeah, like, for example, there's a video of an OSU student and she was just talking about how she was almost trafficked. I saw that. Yeah, and like everyone was sending it to me and like, I don't know. And you always think like, oh, that could never... That could never happen. Yeah, but then it's like that's right up the street. Like, I guess it could. It was literally like three blocks away from BB. (laughs) Yeah, so I guess that's true in some capacity. But I don't know. A part of that is, like, living in delusion. Because, mm-hmm. like, I feel like it's so easy to become, like, overtaken by the darkness, though. Yeah. But, like, willful ignorance is... I don't think that's ever too good in, like, excess. Mm. Like, willful ignorance. You should choose what you want to be willfully ignorant to. In certain, in certain situations, you have to, like, not be ignorant. Like, I'm not going to walk on High Street at 4 a.m. <laughs> and not be aware of my surroundings. Mm-hmm. Like, who's... That's interesting. You have to... It's like a time and place thing. If I'm there, like, maybe, like, 2 p.m., I'm not worried. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm in out in the open, sun's out. I shouldn't have to be worried. But, like, you have to choose when and where to be truly conscious and, like, stop being ignorant. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I guess, yeah. I guess you just have to choose your battles. But it's hard to know which one to choose. I guess that's like case by case. That's a person by person. That's true. That's true. Do you feel like morality is something that's taught or something that's within us? I don't know. Where do you think you got your morals from? Um, Probably within. Probably when I got more conscious. I started my journey with consciousness. Mm-hmm. That's probably when. Because I started seeing things for like, not what they were, but like a more like cause and effect sort of hmm. so I don't I think like you can teach yourself to some extent mm-hmm. but you have to have a baseline for something like you have to know not to do certain things but how do you know that you were kind of taught it but I think empathy also teaches morality and that's not like necessarily you being taught that's like you teaching yourself that's a good point too that's interesting I can't tell you where I got my morals from. I will tell you that a lot of, like, I think personality can be connected to moral. And I know that, like, if you see something in somebody 
that you like and you should try to like emulate that in your own life so it's like I love the way my grandma carried herself so now I'd be like I want to be like her da -da -da -da. but like I guess that is separate from morals because her and I have completely different compasses I guess it's unfortunate that I have to say that like I get some of my morals from like media consumption that makes sense that's that's everybody nowadays it's only yeah. I think it's only dangerous when you it's not like actually your morals it's you thinking of your morals like when people absorb like the healing your inner self type because mm -hmm. that's like that's like common now yeah I feel like a lot of people do it in practice but they're not like actually learning from it yeah I feel like they think they're doing something so they think they're a certain way and then something's gonna come along and it's gonna shake their whole entire existence up I feel like you have to be real careful and delicate with stuff like that and it takes time mm -hmm. and people try to like I feel like with the widespread it's like so I'll meditate for a week and now I'm all better mm -hmm. yeah I, that's like not like I'm true I'm a changed man do you think every moral like idea and compass is valid no like I don't think there's one moral compass mm -hmm. but I you don't think they're all valid valid no because, like, if Jeffrey Dahmer said he had morals, then, <laughs> like, what are you going to say? That's true. If he said, my moral compass didn't tell, like, didn't tell me to do that, then That's obviously true. he had a bad moral compass. Like, how far does it go, though? So, like... Where's the line? You have... Between bad and... Yeah, and it's, like, you have people that are, like, I'm, like, an incel. And you like, can't be aware of your impact, because that's when morality gets bad. When you impact other people. Yeah. You don't. You're not aware that what you're doing is. Well, maybe Jeffrey knew he was wrong. What? So wait, I don't know. It has to be like compelling enough to stop you from doing. To stop you from. Okay. That's what good moral compasses would do, right? I guess I don't know, because I'm thinking about it like okay, you have the incels, and that in itself. I think that's like a like a moral ideal about like not just the definition of itself but like how they like literally go about life and how they view the world and like how they view what the world should be. And then you have like the incels that hate crime women and those are like the bad ones. But like does that mean that the ones that don't actively murder and hurt women aren't bad as well? That's what I'm saying. Same thing with Morality like racism. Has, it's, everything's a case by case. Mm. I feel like we're... Well, maybe it's not. I feel like once... It's like if you're looking at the leaves of a tree too heavily, you're missing the tree. You look at the tree too heavily, you miss the forest. So I feel like if we focus too much on the detail, we're lo losing a lot of the structure. But if we mm. look at only the structure, we're losing detail. So we have to find some sort of middle ground. But that's really hard to do. That's interesting. That is hard. Yeah, it's hard to know, like, what morals to adopt and keep because, as I said, if you're getting a lot of your morals from media, that, like, first of all, a lot of media is bad, and as you said, like, it's a propaganda tool, and it can be used to, like, like, media wants to influence you, 
And so it's you have to choose what you are influenced by. And I guess that comes from like what you you're taught. And I guess yeah, like what you said, everyone has a face time. Like I started getting into like theory and a bunch of other things from a baseline of like this is who I am and this is who I was raised by. So I guess it starts there. Um, just a, for a final question mm. and just to tie back it into black people do you think that there's a that black identity is negative right now and if so how can we reestablish it mm. I don't think I think as long as black people are living I don't think the black identity can ever fully be encompassed as negative because simply our existence here goes against like it's a it's symbolic like me sitting at OSU's campus is symbolic and impactful and powerful and so that's a positive um I think once like a thing to help maybe mend some of the negative parts of our community and our our identities as black people is like sort of getting out of our own ways, going back to community instead of like letting the Western ideal of individualism like hoard mm. our minds and forget how close we all are as people. And I think after we stop arguing about who should pay on the date and if his mom should sit in the back of the car and we stop arguing about, oh, her wig looks bad, I can see the lace, oh, you should always have this done, and you should always look like this, and you shouldn't wear your bonnet, and all of this stuff. I think we I must... used to hate that. <laughs> yeah, the bonnets, oh you my god. You can't wear your do-rag out in public. Yes, it's not like... a good look. Yes, once we stop doing that, I think we'll start moving towards a good path. For that. Give her a hand, y'all. Nice job. Um, any closing remarks? No, sir. When one engages on the journey of self, they must at first realize what the self is. And the self in this case.